From the PSI ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. We're going to have some fun tonight. We're having Chaos Part 2 with Matt Boyd. And, uh, I mean, talking chaos with you, Matt, how could it not be fun? Well, I, I, I seem, chaos seems to follow me. So. <laughs> now, I often will go through uh, our podcasts and look and see if there's any comments or anything. And uh, the first part of this that we did, you've had a lot of listens. And um, there was a comment. And it was from someone who was really getting very technical on this. And it, it made me think, Matt, of the times I would walk into a locker, uh, early 2000s up in the Northwest, and we had a member of the staff who would always, every time you came in to the locker room, or every time you got on the chairlift with him, he would ask you a very minute technical question. And sometimes I was just like, oh, God, not again. Other times... It really sparked a fun conversation. <laughs> and this comment was one of those. I was like, oh my God, I want to geek out with Matt and get super ski nerd. And it was an awesome question because he said, can you really control chaos, which is what we were talking about, or are you managing all the little things that happen before chaos really ensues? What do you think of that? on which part of the conversation we had. Are we talking about, well, and, and I'm going to answer this in my own thoughts and my own semantics, if you're okay with that. I would love to hear that. <laughs> and, and hopefully hopefully allow the listeners to, to form their own opinions on that. I don't think there's a, a right or a wrong answer to that. I mean, control and manage um, are fairly synonymous. Um, but semantically, to me, they take on different connotations. Um, so I guess if I'm talking about my skiing, I, I or I'm talking about a teaching scenario, or I, I believe we even talked about a tryout scenario, I think there's, I, I would use either one of those words in different places. Um, like as an example, George, um, let's just look at, at a tryout or an exam situation. Um, when I think of the term manage, I think I see me managing different, whether it's managing people or managing situations, to try to get towards an outcome, although that outcome is constantly, um, you know, I've got a, a, an outcome in mind in a lesson as an example, but I have to manage the learning environment to get towards that outcome. And that outcome might change based on what happens within the environment. So there's a lot of different factors that you're managing. Um, in particular, for me, in a tryout scenario, I have to manage my emotions. Um, uh, I, I need to remain calm and, and, and visualize what I'm going to do if it's a skiing task. Um, and, and I try to bring my heart rate down. And if I don't do that, I don't succeed. Now, the things that take my heart rate up and get me amped up are different. Is it the task itself? Um, if it's the task itself, I need to manage how I view that task um, and, and change my, my imagery. Is it the, the guy or the gal that went in front of me that either killed it or got eaten alive doing it? And, and there's so many different factors in that scenario. 
um, that I would use manage. I manage all of those things to try to bring down my my heart rate and my um, you know my level of anxiety. Um, in a teaching environment, it's pretty similar. You know, we, we have to manage the student, we have to manage the terrain, the weather, the the activities that may or may not have succeeded that you had planned. Um, different members of a group. There's so many different things that I need to manage that, that in teaching, I also think that I would manage the factors that create chaos. Um, but skiing, I, for me, is a, is a different... I'm, I'm really putting some thought into this. Skiing, for me, is different. You want to, you want to touch on the teaching or, the, or the, the exam stuff before we go into the skiing side? You know, I would love to. My mind is just teeming with questions because I, I'm thinking of that person where you said uh, maybe they kill it or maybe they just have a horrific time doing that demo. And uh, I'm wondering, how does that affect you? Is that Does that help make you feel like, oh my gosh, I can really shine uh, as opposed to what that person just did? Or, my gosh, that person was an amazing skier and they had all sorts of trouble. Now I'm going to die. <laughs> can tell you my very first tryout was in 2008, I think. Yeah, I think so. Doesn't matter. 2008. And um, one of my favorite people in the world, and, and she knows exactly who I'm talking about, um, did the first task. Um, it was a, a, we had to ski a funnel. So from a GS turn to a short radius turn back out to a, G, a GS turn. Um, uh, in just frozen coral on the steepest stuff that we could find at Mammoth. And my, one of my favorite people in the world, Robin Barnes, made it about halfway through and pile drove herself into the ground, came up bleeding, her ear was bleeding. Um, and I had, uh, Robin was at that point in time to me and still today, somebody I looked up to an awful lot. And, and that, um, that in that scenario uh, had a ripple effect on me. That really hit me hard, like, holy mackerel. Not to mention the fact that at that point in time I was injured. So it, that really hit me hard, watching Robin go down. And um, uh, again, though, managing that, I told myself I needed to slow down. Um, I needed to, I convinced myself that I would go at a pace that that wouldn't happen to me. So it was how I managed that that factor that came at me that, that helped me succeed. Okay, I took you a little, uh, I diverged a bit from where we were, but let's get go ahead and get back into the teaching. And uh, I've got some more questions on some things you said earlier that I'd like to get into when we get into the skiing part of this. You know, I really yeah. want to hear what you have to say about this with teaching as well as skiing because there's very different uh, topics that you're saying you can manage as opposed to what you can control. I, I find that very interesting, Matt. Yeah, I, I, I you know, again, I, I'm struggling because it's, it's semantics to me. Oh, it's but totally like, semantics. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you just a, 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 a something outside of skiing. Like when I'm flying a kite, I have to manage the kite. There's the wind, there's how much string you've got out. There's so many different things that are involved. I need to manage that kite. But when I'm doing something like swinging an axe or shooting a shotgun, I control the axe. That's, it, it, there's, 
there's no room for error there, if you if you will. Um, you know, for me, the the tighter things need to be, the more control I place over it. The less willing I am to to allow things to change and to alter my my trajectory, if you will. My you know, a kite. You know, if it starts to falter to the left or falter to the right or go up or go down, that's fine. My goal is to keep it off the ground or out of a tree. Um, but it can go right, it can go left, it can go up, it can go, go down. I just want to keep it in the air, and, and that's the extent of my kiting expertise. <laughs> but when swinging an axe at a six-inch log, six-inch diameter log, and I want to hit it in the middle, I control that axe. I, I hold it, I grip it, I swing it with intent and with purpose, and I I am aiming for the center of that log. I'm controlling the head of that axe. Um, control to me is, is a far more active form of, of making sure I hit exactly what I want to hit. Um, and in a lesson environment, we, we don't necessarily control that. That's, that's a collaboration between you and the student um, that you need to be able to, to flex with. And, and that's a manage to me. Exactly. And this, this is making me think of what you were saying earlier and kind of that uh, where we're with other people's situation. It does seem more like you're talking about managing what's going on rather than controlling the situation. Right. Yeah. I mean, think about a conversation at the bar, um, a careless ride with your buddy. I mean, those are things that you manage because you don't really know where it's going to end up. You want it to end up successfully. You want to end up at the bar with somebody and be friends at the end of the conversation or get a point across. But where that conversation goes, you, you manage that. Um, skiing, again, though, is, is different for me. And something you said right at the beginning of our discussion uh, really had an impact on me because we were talking about skiing a little bit, and you said right off the bat, emotion. And to me, going into big icy bumps or super tight trees, uh, you know, that fear kicks in with me. I think about the broken pelvis and all the ribs and all the other injuries. That I, right. uh, and when that gets into my head, all of a sudden chaos ensues because fear is there. And I think that helps me as a teacher because I can really identify with that very scared first timer but I'd like to be able to control or manage those feelings so that they don't come in and uh, cause a lot of chaos in my skiing. You know, I think emotion, um, you know, in our world and in the, the listener's world, if, if you've been to an exam, you know what we're talking about. Um, if you stood at the top of, of, of uh, Big Sky or looked down Great Scott at Snowbird and the Cirque there, you know, you've, You've had those butterflies that you're speaking of, whether you've been seriously injured or not. Um, and controlling or managing, really, your emotions there is, is key. Um, and I think everybody needs to learn what their success points are. Um, that, that's, that's something that I, I, have, I have learned over the years how to manage my emotions. In, in those environments and, and that comes from experience and, and I said this many times experience comes from doing a lot of things but doing a lot of things and paying attention so that that to me is is key 
And can you give us a few more tips on how to manage those emotions so that we can control what our skis are doing underneath us? <laughs> well, yeah. So before we get into ski performance uh, and we stay on emotion, I, I think we need to, in particularly in a training environment, start to experiment. Um, you know, I remember when I was on the Eastern Development Team and there was a, a bunch of us team members sitting around in a hotel room one night, and one of the guys said, hey, uh, let me ask you guys a question. What, do you guys, when you like pull into the, the ski area for the, the tryout, do you sit in your car and listen to a song? And, and everybody there said, yeah, absolutely, absolutely I do. And, and, and of course, the guy that asked the question, we, I don't, I, he knows exactly who he is, and he's going to hear me say this and know exactly who he is. We laughed at him hard because his song was Eye of the Tiger. We got a good, good uh, laugh out of that. I listened to the bagpipes at the time, but in in as time went on, I realized that I needed to listen to more calming music to tone me down and, and and just finding the things that you do that that work in those environments. The the self talk, the imagery, the the, the whether you're singing a, a slow, slow song as you're skiing down the hill, which I oftentimes do, at least in my head, so nobody hears me singing. But um, I, I use things to keep myself calm in that environment where other people need to, to amp themselves up. My daughters are both amper-uppers. You know, they listen to amped-up music when they work out, when they perform, before they play games. And that's they're, they're different. All right, Matt, I've got a 400-mile race coming up in a few weeks, and I am going to listen to bagpipes playing Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, hey, there you go, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Send me a copy of that, man. <laughs> it was really hard not for me to burst out laughing when you said Eye of the Tiger. Well, you were from a town called Edinburgh in Pennsylvania, the Edinburgh University Fighting Scots, and the bagpipes were a part of my childhood. And uh, so, I don't know, just here in Scotland, the Brave or the Bagpipes just amped me right up when I was back in my early PSA days. So, what are some it. things we can maybe do to amp up before we get out to a lesson? Uh, I'd like to get back a little bit to the teaching and also into the skiing as well again. But um, what are some things we can do to control that environment? Um for teaching and skiing because there's got to be some similarities there. So for teaching, okay, so let's talk about teaching and the control part, the things that I absolutely do so that I can start myself off, off to successfully. One, work with your guests to establish a common outcome, something that you can both agree on that you feel as a trained professional is attainable. And then spend some time planning in your head, on that chairlift ride, after you've done a warm-up run or two, really coming up with a thorough plan and maybe even a couple what-ifs. You know, what if this first activity is too much for them? If that planning time, that is control. That is something I do to control that situation. I do it every single time I go out. I take my time. I get to know the student. I watch them perform. And I work with them to come up with a a hard and fast plan that I'm going to start with to try to get them through to their outcome. That's control. From a managed standpoint, that's when you get into that what if. Okay, you know what? We tried that activity. 
that kind of shut him down because I think it was a little bit too aggressive for him. So now I need to start to manage that environment. I need to start to manage their emotions. Um, I need to try to, you know, okay, look, we're going to do that again. We're going to try it on a much easier trail this time um, and manage my plan so that, and maybe even manage that outcome, coach it back a little bit. That's, those are things that you need to be able to do. But if you don't start by controlling the environment to start with, by saying, look, okay, Mac, I need to come up with some kind of a plan here that's agreeable between me and the student. Now let's apply that to our scheme. All right. So in the situation, George, when you and I were in Big Sky with our, our uh, academy group, um, that conversation about chaos started there by controlling the things that I do, period. When I transfer from edge to edge, I want to be able to manage the amount of pressure I've got on the bottoms of my feet through that change from edge to edge. If I've got contact, at least my body weight on the snow when my feet are flat, then I'm not guessing as to what that next edge angle is. I'm skiing to that edge angle. I make sure that by controlling the things that I do, period, that I don't get to chaos, that chaos doesn't breathe. And, and when I watch, honestly, George, 90 95, 99% of us as professionals out there skiing. Um, I mean, there's a lot of ski instructors out there in the United States. There's a lot of skiers in the United States. If you watch most, the huge majority of them, they are very light. They have a lot of pressure from an edge. They release that pressure and use it to launch them onto the next set of edges. We ski from edge to edge. That time in between edge to edge when you're not anchored to the ground is when chaos ensues. That's when you get your feet knocked out from underneath you when you're in steep. That's when you over edge or under edge when, you, when you're on ice. That's when um, you end up going over the handlebars and the bumps or you end up in the back sheet in the bumps. That's when a lot of bad stuff happens. So the concept that we talked about at Academy was making sure that we controlled what we did. We had active control over our bodies through that edge change phase. That to me is a different, I am demanding an outcome from myself and from my equipment at that point in time. And I'm not willing to, to alter that outcome. So we know this is here. We know it's going on. How can we teach this effectively to our students as far as controlling this or managing it? Um, I think, no, I think it comes with our understanding, first of all, that, um, you know, maybe even changing the mindset. Um, and we, we look at skiing as an edge-to-edge sport. We always have. We discussed this in our first call. Um, and so we try, and you heard racers for years talk about you. You got to get to a high early edge. You got to show the bases of your skis to people above you. The trouble is, at that phase of the turn, gravity's pulling you away from your feet. Inertia, there's not inertia built up yet because your skis haven't begun to turn. So you end up standing on the wrong foot. You end up bank to the inside it, it that, but that was 
that was due to our understanding of the sport. That was due to race coaches and instructors' understanding of the sport. We want to get that high early edge. That was never really the intent. The intent was to get a an early engaged edge. The ski to for the the edge to be engaged, you need to be on it. You need to be precise on it. Um, versus just flailing it out there to the side of you and hoping that it grabs. And in changing our mindset to that to having precision and having an engaged ski from the time it's flat until the time it's flat again on the other side of the turn. And think changing that mindset to a uh, 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 flat-to-flat uh, sport versus an edge-to-edge sport. Um, that, to me, was, was the change that I had. was starting to change my mindset and looking for that precision in the first degree of edge angle and the last degree of edge angle. All right, Matt. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us this evening. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up, I, there are exams coming up uh, very soon, actually. I mean, less than two months away. And uh, I would love to have kind of a chaos part three with you that really focuses on what to do when we're in that exam situation uh, and really specifically get into that if you'd be into it. Sure, you know, it'd be great if we had some uh, listeners hit those comments and uh, and say, hey, look, this is what happens to me when I get to an exam. Um, you know, that that would give us some examples to deal with, and, and uh, I'll do the best I can. Like I said, you know, I'm speaking for myself at this point in time um, in terms of the things that I do to manage and control chaos or the things that cause chaos. Um, uh, but I, I haven't been around the block a couple times, so I'm happy to give my advice to folks that, that have questions on how to do fix their issues. And I got to back you up on that. I really love having the comments there and I can't thank the, uh, unidentified, unfortunately person who left that comment on, uh, our first podcast on this. You know, it's, it's funny because you go back to the original question and basically I answered that with, uh, you know, uh, a question that had t- two answers. Do you control or do you manage? And I said, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Well, Matt, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. I look forward to doing this again real soon. All right, great. Thanks, George. Matt Boyd joining us on First Chair from the PSI ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.